Good evening, Wool Gatherers, and welcome to episode 127 of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. This is a super special episode for me because we are covering the new Slipknot record, The End So Far. Super excited to talk about that and continue listening to it. Um, we're also going to talk about some songs that we remember from our childhood. I believe it was first songs that was issued by Mr. Mundy. He can clarify that when he comes on. And um, we got a little Lester Bangs challenge for Mr. Mundy because we can't seem to stump that guy, but I might have him today. I'm counting on it. And then finally, we're hoping to get to Sandman, issue number 19. We are really cruising through the whole series. Excited about that. So, without further ado, none other than himself. It's Metalhead. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Mundy. Tonight it might be Technical Head Monday. Yeah, it's a little frustrating start, but try to power through here. Yeah, we uh, getting started just a little bit late. We had some technical difficulties, but uh, we wanted to make it right before we got started so we wouldn't have any issues. And I think we're off and running now. So far. <laughs> no, 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 we're running. We're, we're rolling now. So... Um, in the case that we may not have a full show because Mr. Money <laughs> gets kicked off again, <laughs> we are getting started right now. Are you ready to be stumped? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Hopefully I'll uh, not be and maybe that'll improve my mood a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> now you might get this. I don't know. We're going to find out. So uh, for those of you who don't know, our Lester Banks challenge is basically we read a review from the past. We leave out all the pertinent information and whoever is on the show with us has to decide which album or uh, musical group the review is about. So uh, Mr. Mundy's uh, track record on here has been amazing. He never misses. So let's see if he can stand up to his usual greatness. Are you ready, sir? I am. Let's do All it. All right, here we go. The sprawling double album is dangerous undertaking in rock because the possibility for overload is too great. Even the biggest fans of, say, the Beatles or Bruce Springsteen will admit that the White Album and The River could have been better as a single album with the fat trimmed. But this group's album not only doesn't suffer from a lack of filler, but its length is actually one of its selling points. So that's the first part. <laughs> okay. Thought I had that off. So that's the first. Do you have an idea yet? Because I've got more. I mean, no. I'm. We're talking about a double album. That could be anything. That's about all I got so far. All right. Here we go. Always influenced by American music, this record found this group going deeper into country, folk, and even gospel. They didn't abandon the blues. They did cover a couple of tracks by famous bluesmen. Um, so expanding, so expanding this album allowed them to explore some of the more musical ideas in greater depth than they had previously done. So now you've got a little bit more. It's a double album. It's got folk. It's got gospel. It's got country. Huh. But it said it's exploring those, mm -hmm. which suggests that's not their standard fare. This uh, record head says Black Sabbath. 
He that did is, say that before you said the uh, country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Good point. Good point. Record has, we will not hold that against you. That is incorrect, but I love the participation. Um, and then the another line from this is, uh, but the most incredible thing about this record is that it even got made. Huh. You want a year? Album. Hold on. Give me, let's see. So double album, exploring all of that stuff. And it's crazy that it even got made. Huh. The band had to leave their home country because of tax issues. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm trying to come up with the name of the album. I think it's Rolling Stones. Yay! Uh, man, I want to say Exile and Guy, or no, that that would be Liz Fair, Exile and Guyville. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are close. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, was it called Exile on Main Street? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic yeah. money comes through again. As, yeah, okay. So that was, I mean, all of that makes perfect sense, but the tax thing definitely gave it away because that's a very famous story. Right. So, yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, really? <laughs> Woo, man, sometimes I got to question her taste. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's interesting, too, because they ended up in Paris and um, in northern France, and they were staying at a former Nazi apartment or something in uh, Keith Richards place and it became a lot of debauchery and um, basically said they would just record when they were actually sober or with it enough to play instruments and then it became one of their most famous records yes it is definitely one that one is often cited by a lot of artists as like their favorite stones record mm -hmm. look at the track list like there aren't really that many hits on it mm -hmm. But it's which for, makes it even cooler. Yeah, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. like I, that that is like most musicians. That's like their favorite Stones record. So yeah, yeah. Well, dang it, Monday, you did it again. Oh, drat! <laughs> I thought Honestly, maybe the year <clears throat> probably wouldn't have helped me, but the tax thing. Mm. I thought maybe you would just it. instantly go with double record, knowing me would be like, oh well, it's got to be Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> no, well, I mean, as soon as you said double record, my immediate thought was melancholy. But I yeah. mean, the others, yeah, the other stuff didn't have me thinking that. No, so. Not really. And the what you said about it being a miracle it got made. I don't. I mean, I, I've never heard anything about melancholy being that crazy. Yeah, Just, you know the process. <laughs> the process is Billy, I think. So. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. Very well done. Okay, well, let's go ahead and hit the challenge then before we get to the record review. Go ahead and uh, hip us to that because this was yours. Yeah, so basically, pretty simple idea. Um, all I really wanted was like your kind of your first memory <clears throat> that you can go back to, you know, that, that you remember really loving a particular song mm -hmm. and i almost put in the parameters of like a kind of like an actual 
I don't know, like mainstream song or rock song, not like a kiddie song, you know, because a lot of time when you're kids, you just like, I mean, I had Sesame Street mm-hmm. stuff and, you know, things like that. But like you're, you're an, an actual song on the radio that you remember loving, the very first one that you can recall. Yeah. Well, actually, I came up with three okay. because they were, well, they were all around the right. I mean, they're very vivid to me. Um, and so do you just want, did you do one or did you do more than one? I just did one. I kind of, I have a story about one. <laughs> okay. I'll just hit the other two and then we'll do the, the one. So, um, I know I've said on the past, you know, I was really a product of listening to what my brothers listened to, uh, because they had the great stereo. They each had their own stereo system that they bought with jobs that they had. So they had these sweet receivers, amazing speakers, all that kind of stuff. And so I listened to their stuff. So I can clearly remember in the late seventies, listening to cheap trick surrender and um, the car is my best friend's girl. Awesome. Both fantastic uh, songs. They are uh, and records in general. Those were fantastic. So I remember hanging out in the basement with my brother, Brian and, and listening to those things. So Um, I don't know which one came first. I just clearly remembered those. Hey, we do have... um, Yeah, I was going to say we can throw that up there and talk about that before we get into ours. My guess is that this is our little metalhead in the making, um, Jackson, who I... um, I'm pretty sure he'll clarify it for me on here because I can just see record head on there. But uh, if it is, I've been to a concert with him. And he is a pure metalhead, gets in the uh, pit, does that whole thing. Awesome. And so his first one he remembers Paper Cut by Lincoln Park. I was going to say if it's Paper Cut then that's uh yeah, he's uh he's a baby. He's 17. <laughs> yeah, I believe he I believe he's 17. Yeah. So, yeah, we just went to the Rob Zombie um and Mudbane show. Oh, cool. Together. Nice. So, yeah, that was a great time. So, uh yeah, he he should be after your heart Monday. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, my number 1 then that I came up with um, was Rush Entree New off of Permanent Waves. And uh, I remember that because we, I remember specifically loving that my brother Joe had gotten that record. Oh, he said, I'm not that young. It must be 18. <laughs> and uh, I remember making a tape because that's what we did back in the day and listening yes. to it over and over on vacation. Yep. House Boating on Dale Hollow. So, how old were you then? When, when you discover in this song? I would have been eight or nine. Okay. I went a little younger than that. <laughs> oh, you did. Yeah, I can't. I just couldn't remember any. I like probably my parents listening to ABBA, <laughs> you know, on the big, huge mm-hmm. system in the front room. Um, but I can't. Yeah, I don't have anything before that. So my, my very first one that I remember just loving absolutely loving a song is uh it's still rock and roll to me mm-hmm. billy idol or billy idol. billy idol joel what never heard that billy version joel <laughs> um so yeah so which i just saw a magazine in the checkout aisle something about 50 years of the piano man I'm like, mm-hmm. damn we're getting old <laughs> now we had that record um at home. And I remember listening to that as well. My, so I remember <clears throat> my dad's family, a lot of them are from uh, Salem, Illinois. Mm-hmm. So 
my parents were still together, which means I couldn't have been three, more than three. <laughs> so, and we, we were there and I remember, um, my dad's cousins were young girls. I don't, I mean, they were older than me, but they were <clears throat> probably not, you know, 10, 12, maybe. And, uh, they kept putting that 45 on. I think they had the 45, they would put it on. And I mean, I'm three years old and every time they put it on, I just like instantly would start dancing and stuff. And I, I mean, I remember it. So that, that is, and I've always loved that song. That is the earliest memory that I have of just absolutely loving a song. Cool. Yeah, if I'd, if I'd go much younger, I'd have to go with, like, Star Wars <laughs> at six. <laughs> uh, so there you have it. Um, Getty Lee is also a QT. <laughs> She's a sap. All right. Um, there is no challenge for next week yet. We'll see if uh, T-Bags rejoins us next week so we can come up with something great. So uh, stay tuned for the next challenge because we now have work to do because Slipknot just came out. And um, I have this. This was fun when it came because I was I didn't pay attention. So here's the vinyl. I don't know if you can – got to try to get it in front of there. Can you read that? The end for now. Mm-hmm. So what's the record called? The end so far. Yeah. So – at the last minute, they changed the name, but the first pressings of the vinyl had come, had been pressed already. And so, and the, the material had already been made, the inside jacket and all that kind of stuff. So they left it and sent these out. All the CDs were changed and all of that. Cool. So you're, you're getting the end so far, but everybody who got a first pressing got the end for now. It means absolutely awesome. nothing, but it makes me excited. I mean, yeah, it's a uh, record head saying a misprint and it's not really, I mean, it's, it's kind of, well, I guess is maybe they could consider what? it that. Is that Once pink? It is pink, and you can see through it, kind of. Yeah, it is really so, cool. Um, that's kind of put, a cool, kind of a cool collector's item thing. I hope it is, but they did on some put a sticker over it that said "so far." No, I'm kidding. glad that I did not get the sticker over it. Um, yeah, and it opens up. It's a double. So, yeah, very did excited you see, for that. Did you see? I'm sure you did, but. Uh, did you see the uh, CD release where they did one for a cover for each individual member? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-oh. I'm going to have to kick him out of the stream. <laughs> he probably thought it wasn't hard enough. That'd be my guess. <clears throat> and I've been on a lot of sites um, just trying to gauge what people felt about the record. And it, it read it was a little harsher than some it just depends on where you go and i've seen some where it's just glowing at one after the other and then others where it's very critical i think one of the problems that uh, maggots have is that it's universally known that most people's favorite record is iowa or self-titled and iowa is brutal i mean mm -hmm. it is I mean, we reviewed it on the show it is as hard as it gets from beginning yeah. to end and that's what people seem to keep wanting um, but I feel like I've kind of grown up with the band age-wise, and I get it where you can't do Iowa over and over, and I'm kind of glad that they don't. Um, I think Record Head yeah. probably prefer in Iowa. 
Uh, Slipknot has been around long enough now that they're falling into basically the Metallica trap, which is mm -hmm. everybody wants Master of Puppets and you're never going to mm -hmm. get Master of Puppets ever again. And same with Slipknot. It's like these guys are not 20 years old anymore. So they're not writing songs as 20 year olds. You know, it's it, 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 bands grow, bands change, people change. They, they write different things. They grow as songwriters. They improve as musicians. They get tired of doing the same thing. They want to experiment. It's, I mean, it's you either got to go along for the ride or let it go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it'd be phony to try to make Iowa again because when you're rich, and famous and you don't have the problems you're not a drug addict anymore and you're not on the streets and you know you don't you can't pull from that anymore so um um uh, record head i don't know i'm gonna really have to kick him off of here so he <laughs> says that he felt that it was criminally underproduced i know the band felt that it was slightly rushed because they had to put this together during covid and they were piecing a lot of things together. But I will say, when I listened with noise-canceling headphones on, there was a lot of texture mm -hmm. and a lot of sounds going on that I really liked. And I thought the production on those were really good. Um, and I'm surprised people are, are likening this or saying it's not as good as We Are You Not Your Kind because people hated We Are Not Your Kind. That was Those were brutal reviews of that one because, as I've seen on a lot of people, they don't want clean lyrics. They want screaming all the time, um, <laughs> which is underusing Corey Taylor, if you ask me as well. But I would agree with that 100%. I, Corey is an amazing singer, I've, and, and he can do it all. So why would you not do that? Like it, that, When he sings clean with Slipknot, it doesn't sound like, you know, his it doesn't sound like stone sour like it still sounds like slipknot i don't i don't get that i i this is we're gonna get into a lot of stuff here where people like i feel like people hate just to hate like it's not it's not what they want so it's terrible and i mean it's like it's they're not making records for just you they're they're making music that is in their head and is coming out of them and it's it's not like i don't know like it or don't, that's fine. Music is 100% subjective. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't, sometimes I feel like people get a little nitpicky with stuff. Well, let's jump in because we're going to end up, if we keep going this route, we're going to end up talking about <laughs> the songs anyway. <clears throat> so, first thing we always do is we got to talk about the album opener. And this one, I, I sent, I think, in a text right after her, it was jarring in a, in a backwards way because it was melodic. Mm -hmm. And um, it was all clean singing. Uh, Adderall is the title. And um, it's written almost like a poem because the verses are actually four sets of couplets in each one, rhyming couplets. Uh, had a cool vibe, beautiful vocals. I thought the synth stuff was really on point. Uh, when Jay's drums kick in, they're kind of stripped down and very basic, which I thought was cool because we're used to all the blasts and you know double bass and all that. So um, I thought it was an interesting opener and kind of gutsy, especially after a lot of the intros in the past. Um, well, some didn't have lyrics, but 
were screaming or whatever it might be. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah, I really liked the synth intro. I mean, it went long enough that I wasn't sure where we were going, but then it, you know, kicks into an actual song. So I'm like, okay, cool. And yeah, I mean, beautiful vocal melodies, catchy chorus. Um, this is, I mean, just in the lead off track and Corey's amazing. He, I, I personally think he is always an amazing singer. Um, so we get to see a, a little bit of the melodic side. And I think it's a good intro to the album as well, because it, I mean, it doesn't really like set the tone so much, uh, but it's kind of like eases you in. And then the dying song comes in. I mean, kind of kicks your ass a little bit. So. Yeah. So dying song is song number two. And, and um, although it does have its heavy moments, it's a bit of a rager. Um, it does, again, have a nice catchy chorus. That seems to be kind of their hook now is uh, coming in with the catchy chorus, which, again, I've got Corey Taylor singing. That's what I'm going to do. Um, had some nice stripped-down drums in the beginning. Oh, that was the last one. Sorry, I'm reading my notes over here. Um, <laughs> this one I thought was more radio-friendly. Um, sure. You could see this one, even with the yelling. could definitely be on the radio and um, kind of talks about two sides of our country, going at it with each other, two opposing views, not being able to get along. Everybody's offended by everything, but nothing ever changes. And so I thought that was, uh, and it was released quite a while ago, so we've kind of been able to sit with it for a bit, but I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, uh, same. It's got some pretty uh, pretty fat grooves, um, and, you know, like I, I could say it for pretty much every song, I love Corey's voice, so that that goes for every song. I'll try not to say it twenty times, but um, yeah, I mean, I, th this song I think is a after Adderall. Then, like my first feeling when this kicks in is like, okay, this is why we're here, mm -hmm. and you know, so I, I like this one. It's was not, mm, it's not really one of my favorites on the album but i i enjoy it a lot and yes i agree with you 100 that it is radio friendly and which is probably one of the reasons they released it yeah i mean it totally makes sense and i like it a lot but i'm with you like the album just totally takes off in a few songs for me mm -hmm. there's a section in the middle is i think is absolutely killer but um uh, the next one is chapel town rag this one was the first one that was released and it was released quite a while ago and it's about the British serial killer Peter Sutcliffe, known as the Yorkshire Ripper. And um, Corey talks about this one as what happens when social media meets actual media. And it's about how we're, you know, the media manipulates us. Um, and that song makes, the line makes sense. When everything is God online, nothing is. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, uh, yeah. I would disagree with that, but like I said, music is subjective. Um, yeah, we're, I, we're I really one. like say what two against one. Wrong. I <laughs> really, really like this song. Um, I, I think the subject matter makes it even uh, more interesting. Um, I, I will say in this song. I would love it even more if they would remove the DJ scratches. Mm. 
I think they sound ridiculous and out of place. And honestly, like I could lose that altogether on this album. Anywhere they pop up, it, it distracted me, took me out of what I was listening to. I do not need that in these songs whatsoever. I enjoyed the scratching in a lot of them didn't really make much of a difference to me, but I enjoyed the scratching in the breakdown on the dying song. That was one spot. Yeah. But that's, that's my thing. They don't make a difference at all. Right. You could totally take them out and the songs I think would be more powerful. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, and Chapel Town Rag is, is good, but I just never latched onto it. I always liked it, but I didn't love it. So, um, and then the next one, Yen, I mean, that's another one that is sort of radio friendly as well. Um, it starts off again with some nice, cool sound, especially in your headphones. Uh, really cool sound. Almost sounds like some kind of weird uh, walking sounds. I'm not sure exactly what that was, but it kind of brings you into it. And then it's got uh, mellow verses, and then the chorus kicks in. And I really liked uh, later, there's a great drum breakdown near the bridge late in the song that I really liked. And the singing on this one is excellent, as usual. Um, not not my favorite, but a very listenable, enjoyable song. Yeah, it's kind of... Uh... I mean, to say a Slipknot song is dark and moody might be, you know, I don't know, understating it. But I, this is this is dark and moody without mm -hmm. like distorted guitars. Like it, it mm -hmm. sets a mood without being like brutally heavy. So I thought that was kind of cool, and it definitely dig the chorus again. Lose the scratches, don't need them. Yeah, I, I did enjoy the sounds, but yeah, scratching. It was okay because it was part of a breakdown, um, so it didn't really take away. But I got it. Good I, song. I'm gonna say Not I great. want before we move on. I want to address Recordhead is talking about the DJ scratches in the comments, and I, I just say I am not opposed. Like I, I am a huge Lincoln Park fan. He he mentioned Lincoln Park earlier. I love Lincoln Park. I love uh, Mr. Han. I think he brings a lot to the table with Lincoln Park, and he's a wonderful addition to their sound. When, when we go like super, super heavy like this, I think it, it just distracts from the overall tone and like the, I mean, if you just have like a brutal, brutal riff and drums and, but especially if you got like break beats going on and all that, like the DJ scratches just completely pull me out of it. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with it. Makes sense. <clears throat> so for me, I loved Adderall. I liked the other three, but here is where it kicks in for me. There's a, a group of songs here in the middle that I think just totally slay. And Hive Mind, it's one of my faves on the record. It's got that crazy cool beginning. Sounds like um, almost like a 70s sci-fi movie kind of sounds going on, like old technology or something, which is kind of cool. And then those heavy guitars just came slamming through the door. And it's pretty cool. And it's I like the whole thing is about, you know, um, sort of that connection that we have at concerts um, yeah. that brings that mentality together, that hive mind, so to speak. Um, and again, this one has one of those old school kegs in the background, yep. you know, that keep it yep. beat, which was it was really nice, too. So I yeah. love hive mind. Uh, kind of a long intro, which I, you know, I didn't hate. Um very cool drums. I think Jay is amazing top to bottom on this record. He's so good. 
And I, I think he does a really, really great job on this entire record. Uh, Jay Weinberg is, mm-hmm. man, he, there's a reason he got uh, Metal Drummer of the Year. So that's pretty cool. Um, great grooves in this one. And I wrote the same thing. I was like, Return of the Keg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my note at the top, which I was going to mention later, um, is that I, I said Jay really shines on this one. It feels like after a couple of records, where he was good. I mean, it, he was fantastic, but it feels like on this one, he finally, it's his own. Like we've moved on now. Joey was so aggressive mm-hmm. and was just pounding him out. Yeah. Jay's got that, but he's got some nuance and he's got some little jazz bits he throws in that I think are pretty cool. But I feel like on this one, he owned it. Um, that and the bass sort of took mm-hmm. over on this one for me, which were really cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next song is Warranty. And uh, another great one, uh, cool guitar intro. When they've got the drum blast that just keep in there, it's super aggressive. Um, and the, the warranty has not run out, it's just been replaced with a new one. We got the new slipknot, I think that was really cool. So, uh, I like it a lot. Uh, the sweet breakdown, and Jay just kills the drums later in this one. And there's some cool vocal melody at the bridge that I love. Yeah, I uh, I didn't have a lot on this one, I was like, I, I not really sure what it's about but it's a good song i dig it <laughs> like the music a lot okay next one is medicine for the dead now i don't know if you if, i don't know what your notes were on this this one had a bit of a tool feel in the beginning especially the guitar tones and i don't know what it is exactly but um i don't know but it just had that feel for me and this one was written for people that are in the midst of depression and it's kind of got that soft intro, deep bass groove, almost like a rumbling underground. And uh, and Jay was killer on this one too. Yeah, I really, really like the structure of this song. I like how they put it together, how they strung the different parts together. Um, and I, this was one of the highlights for me, I think. All right. Uh, next up is Medicine for the Dead. Oh, no, I just said that one. Acidic. <laughs> yes. Acidic is next. And uh, this one is very different. Um, of all of, even the soft one at the beginning, we've had some soft songs before, so that's not that much different. I felt like this one was very different because it had such a bluesy uh, feel to it. And, um, uh, gosh, I don't know. I just, and it wasn't, and some people were like, oh, it's got a, a stone sour edge to it. When I, I didn't really feel the stone sour bit. I just felt like there was something bluesy going on. And um, Jay, again, is just, there's a really cool guitar solo, which is very unslipknotty to have a single guitar solo like that. And then Mm -hmm. Jay just kills it again. Yeah, I didn't have a ton on this one. Uh, This kind of, for me, was just kind of like, uh, I don't know, kind of like the, the end of the middle kind of lagged for me a little bit. Didn't, didn't love it, didn't hate it. Okay, good enough. Um, Heirloom, I imagine you didn't like the beginning, but my notes were that it began with some pretty dope scratching. <laughs> so here, I liked it a lot. Um, it's about survivors of domestic abuse, so it's um, it, it's pretty cool. And this one, there were bits that reminded me a little bit of Stone Sour, but that's mostly just his voice and the way he sings and choruses. Um I, I like the line, no matter how the past has gone, you'll always have the past along. 
you know, you, you've dealt with all this stuff and it's always going to be with you. It's going to, you know, kind of dictate your life to an extent. So cool message in this one. Yeah. So on heirloom, like I really enjoyed the, uh, the verse riff. I, I really dug that groove, the pocket they hit in the verses. Um, the chorus lost me a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. Something about that sound. Like, I feel like this one almost went not bluesy. Bluesy is the wrong word. It almost, the chorus felt like it had like a, just a little twinge of uh, Southern rock. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm. and that might be where I came up with a bit of the stone sour edge to it. Yeah, man. I'm like, I don't know if I really need that in a Slipknot song, but yeah. And this was another one where I thought that Jay really shined on here. Yep. And then the next one, this might be my favorite song on the record. I'm not sure yet, but it's H377. I imagine there's some version hell. where you flip the letters and it becomes hell. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it's embracing the fact that everybody hates you. I kind of dig that. But what I loved about this one, obviously it was heavy. We got the machine gun blast. I mean, it's coming at you. But uh, his vocals were so insane on this. And the mm -hmm. way that he structured those, and he's landing on those beats, there's a real cool cadence to it. Um, and it wasn't rap by any means, but it had sort of that feel and that the way he structured it uh, metrically, I guess, to fit in the lines. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just really smooth and good. And it had another cool guitar solo. Excellent, excellent song. I love this one. Uh, I'm right with you on the cadence. Like it wasn't, I, I think it kind of brushed right up against a little bit of a hip hop cadence, but not quite. And uh, it's absolutely brutal, total banger. I, I like this one. This is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, I, that's... Um, <clears throat> <laughs> Recordhead said, I want to love this album, but I can't remember the beats of any of these songs. Listen a couple more times, put your headphones <laughs> on, noise cancel them out, and get in there and dig in, and you'll find something. <laughs> and people who say it's not hard enough, I mean, I don't know what you... The Dying Song is fairly hard, but Hive Mind and Warranty and Arrow, I mean, and H377, those are hard songs. I don't know what else you want. Uh <laughs> People want, want something they're not going to get. And it's like, like I said, I, if people want one specific thing and it's like Slipknot's kind of moved past that. Like they're doing what they want to do and whatever. People are either going to love it or not. So what true, are you going to do? True, true. Um, that brings us to, uh-oh, he loves Radiohead. Get out. <laughs> Only if it's old Radiohead. <laughs> um. So Desaad is the uh, penultimate song, and uh, this one, again, has some cool effects to bring us in, uh, a little slight percussion, and then um, Jay gives another master class. He is so good on this one, and it, the chorus is catchy. Um, there's some synth bits that kind of bring us around in there that, are, that I think are pretty nice on this one, and it's about giving into your dark sensations uh, mm -hmm. that we're born with. Really cool yeah. song. I uh, this was another favorite for me. I really love the feel of this one, and they used the or they Corey really. It's all him, but did the call and response used it very effectively mm -hmm. on this one. I, very cool. It's real easy for that to slip into cheesy territory, and mm -hmm. I, I mean, this was absolutely killer. I loved it. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I was interested to see where we were going when I saw the title and they, the, their reference to Desaad, I think was also very effective. Like the, you know, the way they reference him and I think they used it very well. So without overdoing what uh, could be easily overdone if you're talking about the Marquis de Sade, so. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think they're talking about Desaad from Apocalypse. Yeah. I wish they were though. I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm well aware of the Marquis de Sade. That's a conversation for probably not a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're correct, sir. All right. So that brings us to the finale, which ironically is called Finale. And um, I thought this one was cool because uh, I'm sure most people know this is their final record on Roadrunner. So the end so far, meaning the end of the line with Roadrunner, who knows what they'll do next. And so kind of a look back, you know, I got to stay, but I like it here. Um, So I get the impression they will continue on, and I think they're getting along really well. So I see that happening. Uh, This one, uh, add layer, like the the lyrics were the same throughout. They were very repetitive, but then we got to add a layer of guitars, a little bit of uh, scratching in there. And then there were some choral sounds. Like we had a choir in the background, which was kind of cool. Uh, and I love the line, everybody has a cross to bear. I'll nail you up on mine, which was cool. Um, but anyway, I liked it. I thought it was a wonderful finale to not only the album, but their time with Roadrunner. Yeah, um, I really dug the vocals. Um, I, this is a pretty pretty cool, like moody kind of closer. It's a good way to, you know, close out the album and kind of, yeah, it leaves you wondering what's next. So I dug it. Indeed. I think I my guess is they'll it'll be a few years, but I oh, think yeah. and then we're still waiting for um I think it was the All Hope is Gone era that three or four of them got together and made some music that was very different from Slipknot and it's never okay. been heard before. They had a couple of years ago they teased that it was going to be coming out soon. And it has not yet. So it would be nice if that ever sees the light of day in between this and whatever they do next. Yeah. And I'm, I imagine we've got more coming. So I hope so. Especially if we keep going along this line where we just get new different things, which is exciting because you don't know what you're going to get when the record comes out. All right. It is that time. What did you score it? And will you listen again? Um, I... You know, just kind of summing up, I think, uh, like we talked about, uh, Jay Weinberg, I think, really came into his own on this one. Um, uh, again, the the DJ scratches, I just don't, I think, Slipknot, they don't need them. But I've always said that Slipknot doesn't really need all the extra percussion either. But I think, I think that is... Uh, more of a live thing i think that 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 is much more effective in the live setting because their shows are amazing and, but um the dj stuff just doesn't work for me with this uh cory i think is amazing as always listening through this album i think uh slipknot has become very very good and very skilled at um structuring songs and using a bridge in a song they do it a lot but 
they do it so effectively, like it doesn't really get old. Um, some of their songs are structured similarly, but it, it, they're different enough that it, it doesn't really get old for me when I listen. So, yeah. Uh, Having said all of that, uh, there were definitely highlights on this album. Definitely, eh, really, only one song that I didn't care for. I didn't hate it, but I didn't, you know, I could have lived without. But uh, so I will probably do uh, three, seven, five out of five. All right. Didn't quite hit a four for me, but, and I mean, yeah, there's definitely. Probably three or four of these songs I will definitely put on my uh, favorite jams playlist. So, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> this was written for me. So, <laughs> kind of like uh, I'm a sucker. So, I'm going to go with a four and a half out of five. And I loved it so far, but I haven't been able to sit down and just listen all the way through more, like just more than once mm-hmm. and i want to do that again because it's just such a great experience when you can hear the songs one after the other um when i first when the first three came out i didn't love chapel town rag but when i heard it in the succession of the dying song chapel town yen it it came up for me a little bit i felt like it worked okay. really well in that spot so i want to listen to this all the way through and i'm going to listen a bunch because that's what i do but um i want to listen to it all the way through with my headphones on no distractions just enjoy it again. So I definitely will be listening again. I like the opening and the closer and a 4.5. Cool. There you have it. All right. Hey, do we have any idea what we're doing next week? What album? Uh, no. I have no idea. <clears throat> hmm. Um, Record Head said he's listened once so far. Yeah. I'm telling him, you can't judge a record on one listen. Even the record, and I think we can honestly say this. <clears throat> when we go into records that we don't pick because we love the group or whatever, we all give it multiple listens, even if we don't love it, trying to yeah. kind of replace what we don't love, what isn't working, because we want to give it a fair shake. I don't think you mm-hmm. can listen to any record one time and, and have a true critique of that record. Yeah, I agree. Um If I listen to something one time and it immediately, I feel like it's garbage, then I probably will not revisit it. But there are things that we have definitely listened to, like going into, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about this. And, you know, the more I listen, the more it grows on me, or Mm -hmm. I might stay in that opinion that I don't love it. But yeah, I think giving it more than one listen is definitely you kind of have to do that to get a real opinion of it. Yeah, I think so. Or to figure out exactly why you don't like it for me, like country music. I just, I struggle so much with country music, but I can't listen to it. Ah, I don't like that because country. I don't know why I don't like it. So Jackson for you, I would say, make sure you give a record a couple of listens and you got to listen to this one more than once. And he tells us, you guys should give the album, what is that word? Matriophagy by Tala? Sure. <laughs> <coughs> Favorite albums right now. Is it a new album, Record Head? Let us know. So, well, that's going to do it. We will definitely have something for next week. We'll try to put that out there this week 
on our socials. Um, we're going to have to look at the album release dates. Um, who knows? Oh, it came out in 2020. Didn't sound like a new record to me, pal. <clears throat> Sorry, getting over a cold. So I will look at that, see what we think. Little Metalhead. Oh, their second album's coming out next month. We well. might put... Maybe we'll put the second one on our radar um, if our little metalhead is giving us the okie dokie. Well, I'll probably check that out just to see, mm-hmm. you know, just to see. And then, right. yeah, if I dig that, then uh, I will definitely be a cheerleader for a new one. <laughs> All right. That sounds like a plan. All right. Metalhead Monday. If anyone should want to find you, where would they do that? Just find me on Instagram at Metalhead Monday. What Spelled. might they find on your Instagram account? Uh, well, let's see. There's lots of pictures of me and my wife, some of my kids. There's a pretty gnarly picture of my foot when I banged it up, <laughs> got in a fight with a, a fan and banged Lost. my foot up. Uh, I think I just put like my dad's senior picture from 1969 up there. Mm-hmm. So, you know. All kinds of fun stuff. Excellent. <laughs> and sometimes we put stuff about comics and music on our social. Yes, I did that too. I just put, mm-hmm. uh, I read the Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. And I got the, they call, it was a polybagged cover. Like they didn't want you to see the cover until you bought it. Because it's called the Duffel Bag Gore variant cover. So yeah, I cracked that open and it was pretty gnarly. So... <laughs> That, that's on Instagram if you want to see that. Awesome. And um, hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, we're going to continue on with Sandman. We ran a little long, so we're going to pick that up next week. And we also are going to need to catch back up on She-Hulk and maybe even chat about the new uh, Black Panther trailer. So Yeah, I, just, I saw there was one. I haven't watched it yet. And, you I'm know, if we, if, we get to, uh, if we get to Andor, again, I've watched the first episode. I haven't I've really dove in yet. So I'm a little concerned about, about. Black Panther. Um, okay. I'm I'm just worried that they're setting Namor up to die. I hope not. I know he's a I'm great a character. Uh, I'm okay with them making him a villain because that's kind mm-hmm. of his thing. Is he kind of waffles mm-hmm. back and forth? So mm-hmm. oh yeah, he's, he's kind of a jerk for a while, and then he's you know punching Nazis, and then he's a jerk for a while, and then he's kind of woo and sue storm and you know so So yeah i hope they i hope they find a way to bring him back around and uh, redeem him so that he can continue on in the mcu and that's that's probably out there i just was thinking to myself oh my gosh in the wrong hands this could be a disaster we do not want namor dead or a true villain off you know and in the negative zone or something I saw somebody had a problem with uh, him looking too much and the Atlanta stuff looking too much like uh, Mayan Incan type stuff. And I'm, but then, right. but then at the same time they were like, but Atlantis wasn't real, so I guess it can be anything they want it to be. <laughs> That's kind of like the um, how can Ariel from Little Mermaid be black? Because you know everybody knows mermaids <laughs> aren't black. Clearly, we all know a mermaid, right? Well, I mean, if we want to get technical, Atlanteans are blue in most of the comics. So, (laughs) (laughs) why now? Comics don't matter. Remember that. So, okay. 
Well, that was exciting. So we got lots of fun stuff coming up. Hopefully we'll have a teabag uh, re-emergence uh, re in another week and uh, find out what he thought of this record as well. And you can find me at Foggy's Pal on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and SoundCloud. So we will see you next week for episode... Well, I got I to gotta scroll back up. 128. Cannot wait. Until... Oh, we have one last comment. I don't want to let anybody down. Five Finger Death Punch fans are ones complaining about Ariel. <laughs> and, and nobody likes a Five Finger Death Punch fan. I could not agree with that comment more. I think that's hilarious. If you said anything dumb tonight, Jackson, you just redeemed yourself. <laughs> You are instantly our pal again. All right. <laughs> Until next week, everybody. Bye now.